You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now that the Chicago Bears roster is more or less set for the offseason, you can really see where Matt Nagy put an emphasis and where he wants his offense to change in 2021. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnBears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook or join the Locked On Bears Facebook group. And I should mention, some podcasts and some people have been having trouble finding some podcasts on Apple Podcasts in particular. They have had a bunch of technical issues on their back end for weeks where some of our other Locked On podcasts aren't showing up on people's Apple Podcast apps. But the episodes are always still going out. You just might have to use other podcasting platforms to get them. So be sure to check us out on Spotify, on Odyssey, on Google Podcasts, wherever else you find your podcasts. The episodes will still be there. They're just not always showing up for everybody on Apple Podcasts. But on our show today, we're looking at a theme that has developed this offseason, that when you look at the Bears' additions in both free agency and the draft on the offensive side of the ball, it's clear this theme that's weaved throughout that Matt Nagy wants to see more of from his offense this season, that the new pieces are really going to be critical to bringing out. So we'll talk about some of those new additions that play into this theme, as well as go in a little bit more in-depth on the late-round draft picks, because they play a factor in this too. We will be joined by Candace Cooper from Locked On Tar Heels to break down the new wide receiver, Daz Newsom from North Carolina, as well as John Miller from Locked On Mizzou, breaking down new Bears offensive lineman Larry Borum and how soon he could be a part of the plans up front. A rare Locked On Bears podcast with two guests. Both are a little bit shorter than our normal full podcast guests, both on the same theme of late round draft picks, so we'll squeeze them all in here. But they sort of speak to a larger theme that we're seeing with this Bears offense. And for me, this was sort of really predicated and brought together at the end here by the signing this week of Demir Bird from the New England Patriots. He caught 47 passes for 600-plus yards last season from New England, really kind of came out of nowhere. And I'm not expecting him to come to Chicago and be, you know, number three, number four receiver, right? I mean, he's going to compete, and he's going to have to play some special teams, and he's going to be down on that depth chart because the Bears also have... Marquise Goodwin. And like as I look at those two receivers, I see a lot of similarities in terms of, you know, short, long speed, vertical threat receivers that play primarily from the outside. They're not so much slot receivers to replace Anthony Miller, but guys that really excel in that intermediate to deep area of the field. And that's what I feel like we're starting to see Matt Nagy's offense want to trend towards because that's where Justin Fields was at his absolute best at Ohio State. Incredibly accurate on the deep to intermediate passing. So you've got Allen Robinson, you've got Darnell Mooney, and then you add in 
and then you add in the other receivers who's ever going to win the competition, Goodwin and Bird and some of the other guys in this mix, for more vertical passing. Not just the short underneath stuff they kept feeling forced to with Trubisky for a lot of his career, unable to really open up the offense to that full game, but you add in Justin Fields. And where he was so special at Ohio State was that deep and intermediate area accuracy. And that's right where Bird was finding all of his space in New England. That's right where Goodwin did a lot of his damage in San Francisco. Plus, you have Allen Robinson able to win that area of the field. Darnell Mooney, a vertical receiver that they never haven't really been able to get as vertical as they might want to. And we've seen Jimmy Graham be that seam-stretching vertical tight end that he just wasn't able to be last season in this Bears offense. So that's why you try and improve the offensive line. You give your quarterback a little bit more time to throw to be able to let some of those plays develop downfield, but you add more downfield receivers and add that element to this Bears offense to make it more explosive and to get more in that Kansas City progression with the Andy Reid style that Matt Nagy's been sort of building towards. It's really been Nagy's version of it in Chicago, and there have been limitations to that. We've seen the creativity. We've seen some of the trick plays and different formations and trying to get some different players involved, and we've been frustrated by a lot of that. But I think what can make that work is when you add that true vertical threat on top of it that the Bears just haven't had. They've had receivers capable of doing that, but they haven't really been able to make that a consistent part of their offense. And that's where Justin Fields comes in. And to some extent, Andy Dalton. Like That's where you, know, you start to scratch your head a little bit about where he is supposed to fit in this plans. But if you think back to his time in Cincinnati, and when they actually had a decent supporting cast, when they had Mohamed Sanu and A.J. Green and Marvin Jones in that offense, they were able to open things up a little bit more. You know, Dalton still ended up becoming a little bit more of a checkdown king. And some of that was, you know, him and his limitations. Some of that was offensive line. Some of that was injuries to his receivers. Uh, I'm not here to make a bunch of excuses as to why that happened. But clearly, you add Justin Fields. You add these more vertical receivers. And you have all of these pieces coming together to try and take that next offensive step. And it's clear that's where this Bears offense can get better. It's where they need to be a bigger threat and where many of the offseason decisions all seem to be pointing in that same direction. Add six-round wide receiver Daz Newsom from North Carolina to that mix. He had a lot of success going vertical at North Carolina. He was one of the most productive downfield receivers in college football two years ago in 2019, but 2020 was not as productive of a year from him, and that's a big part of why he fell in the draft. We'll get the full story of his college career and how he fell to the Bears in the sixth round next on Locked On Bears. If the Bears can really get this offense going vertically, it'll make Justin Fields a strong candidate for Offensive Rookie of the Year. And right now at betonline.ag, he's third in the odds for the season award. Trevor Lawrence, of course, in first place. Trey Lance just ahead of Fields and Mac Jones not far behind him. But Fields at plus 650 is a great potential return on investment if he gets the playing time early in Chicago and is able to really show what made us fall in love with him at Ohio State. It's just one of the many ways you can lay some money down and make your sports that much more exciting at betonline.ag. 
Sign up today for a free account and enter our promo code Locked On to receive your free 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Hey, Bears fans, listen up. Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC, is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea, text DRAFT to 231-231. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testofen, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels while increasing energy and lean muscle mass. Plus, text now, and they'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you get back in shape absolutely free. Text DRAFT to 231-231. That's D-R-A-F-T to the number 231-231. Message and data rates may apply. All right, joining me now on the Locked on Bears podcast is Candice Cooper. She was the host of Locked on Tar Heels here on the Locked on Podcast Network. Now, moving up, I guess it's moving up, maybe it's more moving laterally, but making the move to Locked on ACC, covering the whole conference in addition to her Tar Heels. And she joins us now to talk about the Bears draft pick of Daz Newsom. And Candace, where does Daz Newsom rank among the coolest names at North Carolina this year? <laughs> he is one of the coolest names, but I will say Storm Duck has probably the best name ever in college football, right? That's, that's tough <laughs> to he, beat. Yeah. <laughs> Storm Duck, and it's actually his government name, which is even better about it. So I think he tops the cake. But, you know, offensively, Daz definitely has that effect. It's easy for, you know, your headliners, Razzle Dazzle, all oh. that good stuff. But you also throw in Chaz Surratt, who has two Zs. Why? We don't know. But it's a two Z gang <laughs> over there in Chapel Hill. So I am definitely glad I got the opportunity to cover those guys. Yeah, it seemed like there's there a lot of fun in that UNC offense with, with Sam Howell under center. And certainly he'll be one of the big names for next year's draft. But what does yeah. that what does that offense look like? How does that offense operate? And what was somebody like Daz Newsom asked to do in that system? Sure. I think Daz was your key guy when it came to running routes. He was, you know, I like to pin guys as, you know, Greg Olson's of the world where they can guarantee you that third and long and get you the yard to continue and extend plays. And I think Daz came up in some really clutch moments. We know in 2019, he was really Sam Howell's go-to and De'Ami Brown kind of came on in the 2020 season and he was more of the popular name. But when we had some pretty explosive games back in the 2019 season, the Miami game where we didn't think we were going to do great, the South Carolina on a game where I can't still to this day don't know how Daz Daz Newsom caught it between the South Carolina defenders hands it's just one of those things where his reliability has been such a key asset for Carolina's offense he's great at running routes he's great at breaking through and he has even better (laughs) our special teams man he's the one who's going to at least attempt to get something for us going special teams has not been Carolina strong suit but he at least gave it some sort of energy and life to it and he tried to make big plays sometimes when there was wasn't one were you surprised he didn't come out after 2019 he had you know a thousand yards and 10 touchdowns and obviously he couldn't know necessarily that the pandemic was going to hit and he wouldn't have a full season but was there was there some discussion there and I guess do you think you think he would have gone earlier in hindsight with 2020 if he had, had gone out after 2019 
You know, I think some people really just love being in college, right? Some people have things that they're trying to, you know, achieve and, you know, his family situation, maybe he just truly enjoyed his experience at Carolina and wanted to run it back with Sam Howell because you just never know. Of course, nobody knew 2020 was going to go how it went. So I'm sure had he had hindsight, 2020 probably should have left in 2019. But if you think about the guy, the receivers that were available, you know, in 2019 and the guys that ended up going, it was that that's Newsom still wasn't jumping off the page. And even now he's not jumping off the page, but I think he is going to be one of those guys that has a long-term career because at the end of the day, if you can run routes, if you can, you know, find, if your quarterback can find his man easily, then you can have yourself, you can be the go-to guy. You can have a long career out from that. Could you compare and contrast Newsom and, and Diami Brown for us? Cause they're both, I mean, I think they're both known as, or let me let me say they they were both effective vertical receivers in that offense. I mean they were able to take some shots and really go downfield, but I get the impression they're they're quite different in terms of they each have their own sort of flavors. So how would you sort of compare and contrast those two? Yeah, I think Daz is great again at running his routes. Diami's speed is just you know bar none, and it's something that he's going to have to develop in that running route scenario. And we also talk about the fact that they're just you know consistency, right? I think Diami uh, is more consistent with the long ball. He is able to catch a little bit better than Daz, but ultimately I think that Daz is the type of player who, when you want to get some good yard, receiving yards on a consistent basis, again, he went kind of quiet 2020. It's hard to, <laughs> 2020, I try to give grace where I can, but like 2019, he certainly was the one who's going to give you at least 15 to 20 yards, you know, throughout up to three carries right and so I think that's just something consistency would be his you know mark and also just being the go-to man that Diami is more if I want to do a high-flying play and do it quickly I'm going to go to Diami. How do you think you know projecting the NFL with with Daz if you're the Chicago Bears drafting him how how would you best utilize him to maximize his skill set I mean I know at North Carolina he played pretty much exclusively in the slot. I wouldn't imagine the Bears try and, you know, make him do something brand new in that regard. But is it is it about emphasizing the deep shots? Is it about getting the ball in his hands? Is it about, you know, him creating space in the middle of the field or all of the above? Or, or how, how do you sort of maximize his tools? I think slot receiver and creating space in the middle of the field is certainly going to be something that he and Justin Fields are going to adjust great together. And I think the best part about it is however they build that relationship, they'll grow, you know, in the league together. So it'll be a nice adjustment for both. I don't really see, you know, a lot of deep shots, just basically depending on how Justin kind of the scheme that they're trying to use with him. Um, I don't necessarily think that Daz is the guy for that. But again, I think he's going to be your most consistent in the middle of the field. He's going to make the tough catches. He's going to make the ones that, you know, the darts, the bullets that get shot at him, he is going to find a way. And then he might just bully some defenders while he's in the process. I think what stood out for Bears fans when the draft pick came in uh, as, a, as a late round pick was his special teams ability. And, and that can be mm-hmm. early on in his career, maybe where he finds a foothold. Uh, what, what made him stand out as a punter turner? I mean, is it, is it about speed? Is it about explosiveness? Is it about I- elusiveness or, or how, when, when, when he was back there, where did the confidence level come from for UNC fans? You know, I honestly am not going to hold you. I think it's the limited amount of options that we had, right? <laughs> it wasn't exactly, you know, jumping off the page, all of the kick returners and punt returners that we had available. And, you know, I say to his credit, he was willing to take shots, sometimes doing too much, <laughs> but ultimately he was willing to do it, which I think a lot of the guys we look at, like Michael Carter and Javante Williams, they weren't going to be the guys that made really much anything. They are going to fair catch and call it a day, but Daz was going to always at least – 
give it an effort or give it a go if you saw something there. Well, Candice, I appreciate you giving it an effort and giving it a go for us here on the podcast today, breaking down all things Daz Newsom. Really appreciate you making the time for us. Let everybody know uh, what your plans are now for Locked on ACC and where we can find your work. Yeah, no, thank you for having me so much. It's always fun to get to talk about my Carolina guys, right? Uh, Locked on ACC just started this week, Monday through Friday. I get a slate of other ACC Locked on Podcast Network hosts every single day with me. So Friday, we'll get Locked on FSU. So if you're feeling like you're a Bears fan and you're trying to think, okay, who can come in the draft next season, I strongly encourage you to listen to Locked on ACC because we've got some heavy hitters for the 2022 draft. I think a lot of people are sleeping on the ACC because of how great the SEC was in this past draft season. But I think that there are a lot of good picks that are going to make some noise certainly in this coming year i'll tell you one thing about the justin fields pick in chicago was it it gave us some relief that i think there was this underlying fear that next year the bears were going to draft another unc quarterback in the first round and really (laughs) there's there's still some fresh scars there so I, i there's such a relief that we don't even have to think about that so i appreciate you joining us candace and i'm sure We'll take advantage of your ACC expertise sometime down the line in the future. There you go. Thank you so much again for having me, and I appreciate your time, and I look forward to talking to you down the line. And we're going to keep moving down the line here, taking advantage of some of our great experts like Candice here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, turning our attention to the Missouri Tigers and offensive lineman Larry Borum. We'll figure out, is he a tackle? Is he a guard? And how soon can we expect him to contribute? Next on Locked On Bears. If you can't tell by now, built Bars are a hit. So much so that they can't keep up with the demand for all of their flavors. So they're down to nine of their most delicious flavors right now because we keep going through the other nine. But don't worry, they still have all of my favorites in stock. Coconut, salted caramel, cookies and cream, even raspberry is great if you want to get a little bit of a fruit flavor in them. I've had all the flavors. You can't go wrong with any of them. They're all low sugar, low calorie, high fiber, and high protein. They really do taste like candy bars, but they've got the nutrients of a protein bar. You got to try them for yourself before these flavors start selling out too. Head on over to BuiltBar.com and enter our promo code LOCKED. 15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code L O C K E D 15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. Joining us now on the Locked On Bears podcast is John Miller. He is the host of Locked On Mizzou here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You saw his great Locked On Now video after the Bears drafted Larry Borum on draft. They jumped in for some instant analysis on Twitter, and now he joins us on the podcast for a little bit more depth on Larry Borum. And John, uh, how was how was the draft day for your Tigers in general? Um, how, how did you sort of absorb the whole weekend? You know, actually, it was a great draft weekend for the Tigers, their biggest class in in several seasons. So really a nice job, frankly, by the coach that of the previous administration, Barry Odom, did a nice job of finding some under the radar guys who turned out to be NFL draft picks like one Larry Borum now with your Chicago Bears. So really a, a very productive day. And it shows that that 2020 team had some talent on it for sure. What were your expectations for Borum in on draft day? I mean, I, obviously, I think the the bar was set 
for you know lower than you know no one was thinking he was going to be a first round pick but I guess you know were you surprised that he went in the fifth either that being earlier or later than you expected you know I think fifth round for Larry was about right I think about a week before the draft I saw that Todd McShay had Larry going to Kansas City actually in the third round now obviously that didn't happen that would have been certainly the upper echelon of where you having him go but you know if you just look at Borum he's six foot four 322 pounds and he's actually a light 322 right now I mean that's he's a naturally just huge human being and obviously that's something that you can't coach so he's a guy who's going to turn some heads for sure now he doesn't have the longest arms in the world so while he did play right tackle at Mizzou I think he probably profiles more as a guard I think you might see him move inside at the next level I know in 2000 20, you know, he played the whole season at right tackle, but 2019, it seemed like they moved him around a bit. He had to pop over to left tackle for a game and a couple of games inside at guard. Uh, what what was the cause of that? Was that intentional to get him some different opportunities? And how do you think that affected his performance having to jump around to those spots? Well, quite honestly, I think that had mostly to do with just the unit in general. Uh, the 2019 Missouri campaign started off well, and I think Everybody around town thought that was going to be a good ball club, but boy, the offense just fell apart and just the offensive line in general just had a lot of problems. So I think the whole staff was just searching for answers, quite honestly. So moving Borum around was a big part of that. What does this Missouri offense, or I guess what did this Missouri offense look like uh, under the previous regime in terms of, you know, how the, how the offensive line was asked to block. You know, like I think in Chicago, we saw towards the end of the season, because their offensive line struggled, they switched up a lot to do a lot of you know, play action and, and motion and some extra blockers in to help the offensive tackles to not have to put so much on them, I guess. Did, did Missouri, you know, was Missouri a team that would just kind of leave their five guys in there and let them go? Or was there, a, was there much dressing on top to sort of help offensive linemen along the way? Well, I think as far as the five-man unit, certainly in 2020, that unit was much more solidified, and Borum was a big part of that. Like like you said previously, they stuck him at right tackle, and he performed really well there. Like Pro Football Focus, for instance, graded him out pretty consistently as one of the best offensive linemen in the SEC on a week-to-week basis. And, you know, as far as the type of scheme that Missouri ran last year in 2020 in particular, well, Eli Drinkwitz did run, did bring a lot of imagination just as a play caller and as a coach. You know, you saw a lot more motion and that kind of thing that would certainly help helps out everybody on the team, in my opinion, at least compared to what whatever Derek Dooley was doing the previous season. But, you know, really, Missouri's money – running play, a call that they just ran over and over again was outside zone with Larry Roundtree, who's now with the Los Angeles Chargers, but just running right behind Larry Borum. And I think that speaks to just his his run blocking ability in general. Now, I, I think, you know, just being a, the huge man that he is, he's a naturally really good run blocker. Again, pass blocking might need some might need some technique there, but I just think he's an interesting developmental prospect because you know once again you just can't coach the kind of measurables that he has. And oh, oh by the way, 
At that size, he ran a 5.15 in the 40-yard dash. That's pretty darn impressive at 3.22. It's one of those things when you hear the number five, it starts with a five. It's like, wait, that's not impressive until you until you kind of take it into consideration. Yeah, just how yeah, big you gotta and take, massive. Uh, yeah, you got to take position into consideration there for <laughs> sure. I mean, at that size, that's pretty unbelievable. Imagine that's a guy that size running at you at that speed. Yeah, linebackers and, and safeties at the second level uh, not <laughs> don't want to see that train running them down. Uh, so how... How do you sort of project him at the next level? I mean, you mentioned perhaps more inside at guard, given some you know speed concerns on the edge and and, and length. But you know how how NFL ready do you feel like he is as a fifth round pick? I don't know that the Bears are are planning on having him compete to start necessarily. But you know you have an injury during the season and you have to throw Larry Borum out there. What what sort sure. of your what sort of your early confidence level versus you know long term? Where do you see his career potentially going? Yeah, I think I said the word developmental a little earlier, and I I think that's pretty accurate. Like you said, I wouldn't expect him to compete for any of the five spots on the line necessarily in year one. But by year two, I think you might have something. And don't get me wrong, I think he'll be a backup. He won't necessarily be a a practice squad guy, although he could be. And that's actually okay. You can do that for a year. You're always going to have some developmental guys on your practice squad. But, you know, Borum actually grew up as a basketball player and loved that sport, dreamed of having an NBA future. So, you know, he's getting more experience all the time just with this sport. So, again, I think he's got more room to develop. But if you're a Bears fan, obviously, you know, he's a fifth round pick. So don't expect him to be starting at right guard, you know, in week one. Well, the Bears have a history of finding gems in the fifth round in particular, so Bears fans keeping their fingers crossed that Larry Borum is going to be the next one. John, really appreciate you making some time to join us, and tell everybody a little bit more about uh, what you're doing at Lockdown Mizzou and where they can find your stuff. Well, you know, during the offseason right now, we're getting in as many as I possibly can, and Doing five days a week, certainly during the season. But yeah, at Locked on Mizzou on social media. Follow it on Spotify, the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts. Yeah, Locked on Mizzou. Just follow it and you'll get some daily, well, semi-daily during the off-season Mizzou action. Whatever comes up, we'll get to it. Going to try to get to some interviews with some old players as well. Excellent. Well, John, really appreciate you making some time for us, and uh, good luck getting through this offseason. I know it can be long. Absolutely. You as well. Thanks for having me on, Lauren. Thanks again to John Miller from Locked on Mizzou and Candace Cooper from now Locked on ACC for joining us on the podcast today. If you enjoyed our conversations, our first double guests on the Locked on Bears podcast, I hope you'll subscribe to keep up with all of our daily in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Next week, we'll start to look forward with Justin Fields and how he fits into the Bears' plans this year and beyond. We'll also hear from a Wisconsin radio host about this Aaron Rodgers situation and what the heck is true, what's not true, and what's going to happen with the Packers quarterback. Hopefully, a change of scenery incoming there, as well as the Vikings, and our friends from Minnesota, how they wanted Justin Fields in the draft and what they were able to do instead to support Kirk Cousins and if they're really happy with Kellen Mond as their long-term quarterback. And then we'll circle around to the Lions draft as well and take advantage of some of our friends in Detroit, getting you really up-to-date on the NFC North in addition to everything going on in Chicago. So I hope you'll keep following along with us throughout the offseason. 
even though the draft is behind us, we still have plenty of great off-season content coming your way. The NFL schedule release coming up here in a couple weeks as well. So keep listening, keep tuning in. We will be here for you. And in exchange, we'll make it that much easier to bear down.